Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. How you guys doing? Welcome to the show. We have great guests today. We have a guest from each generation, starting from the 70s, 80s, 90s, till the early 2000s. Our guest is Bushcraft. You know him from his channel. We had him on the Neutral Zone. We got Mark and we got Len. This is going to be a good one, man. We're just going to be sitting here talking about parties, bikes, broads, whatever that comes to mind. And it's going to tell you what generation everybody's from, how it was then compared to now, and how us old fogies or graybeards, you say, can party our asses off compared to what you young kids think you can do. So I'm bringing in my guest right now. Uh, let's see here. There we go. There's Len. Uh, there's all them. Uh, we got to get this going on the road, half screen. Man, damn thing ain't freaking working for me here. Hold on a second. You there? We're here. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to do it this way. So, Biker Bushcraft, what's up, buddy? Mark, how you doing, Howdy. man? Hey, Hollywood, we're good. Yeah. Okay, we got uh, Bushcraft, you're from the 70s. You got Mark from the 80s. and no, other, way got, hey, other way around. The other way around. Thank you. Oh, I got that messed up. <laughs> I'm old, but I ain't that old. <laughs> I, oh, I'm not bald. I just cut the gray hairs off my head. <laughs> so how you guys doing tonight? Great. Excellent. Man. Excellent. That's good, man. How about you, Len? I'm great, man. Great to be on with you guys, a couple of my friends, and like-minded folks. Always a good time. Rock and roll, man. Uh, it just seems like on uh, these damn buttons ain't working, man. Uh, anyway, uh, so let's talk 70s right now. Mark, Yeah. tell me a little bit about it, man. How is it different, the parties, the riding? All that good stuff. Oh, gosh. Um, <clears throat> 70, um, 74, my dad, he didn't like my motorcycles, right? But he co-signed me for a brand-new Honda 550. And I, I lived in uh, the East Bay. Arlen Ness was just getting going, and the street diggers, man, you know, were going big. And uh, 
I ended up sinking about four grand in that bike. And uh, we lived in Oakland. My dad's all that gold plating's going to get stolen and stuff. But um, that's that's where that started. And um, I got my first uh, Harley, a 45 trike in uh, 77. A guy was, um, I guess he was going off to do some time. And it was old police uh, San Francisco bike. Still had the decals. Had the left-hand throttle. I had a hard time riding that bike home because they were chalking the tires with the right, you know, over there in the city. And um, I had a St. Bernard. I put him in, back in the ice cream box right around the streets with him in Hayward. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty fun. Hey, Denise, I think I know you. <laughs> <laughs> seriously I, I, uh, yeah oh I man in the south bay and i i recognize your name oh, cool. you know what i'm gonna try to get this to loosen up here i'm gonna take a second hold on a second sure not didn't work god nope. damn it we'll do Leave it, it restream the fuck up <laughs> But go ahead. So, um, yeah, let's see. Uh, about, I think I went on my first um, organized motorcycle event around 78. And I had that Arlen Ness little street digger thing. And, um, yeah, and I just started going to uh, different events. There wasn't that many clubs back then at all. Um so there wasn't as many events like now, you know. Now, geez, there's so many clubs out every – you can go any weekend anywhere, you know. And, um, yeah, so that's uh, that. And um, I guess I guess it was about the 80s, late 70s, I started going on campouts. Those got pretty wild, I'll tell you for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We got thrown out of one campground um, by the sheriff and the rangers in the morning. Um, they asked us, uh, who's your leader? And my buddy was passed out in his tent. I took my fishing pole, hung my underwear up over his tent flap, and was hanging <laughs> there, right? And I pointed to the cops. I go, he's in there. And they looked, saw my underwear hanging on the fishing pole. <laughs> Get out of here, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're too loud. <laughs> that was at uh, Berryessa, Lake Berryessa camp out. Oh man, Mark was Mark was planting his flag. <laughs> <laughs> Mark was planting his flag. <laughs> flying, he's flying his flag, baby. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, Len, what era were you? Well, I'm a I'm a '70s baby, so uh, I started. I think it was probably late. 89 early 1990 when i was you know 15 going on 16 years old and uh i grew up with some guys that that had fathers that rode my dad wasn't a rider uh, at least not as i was getting older he was when he was a kid he rode actually a an old indian with him and his brothers out in the field in the farms and to this day i still give him crap because i kind of wish i could have inherited that indian but no such luck um <laughs> And as I got a little bit older, uh, you know, I, my first motorcycle was a metric. It was a Suzuki, 
uh, Savage 650. It was a little one lung thumper, like barely enough horsepower to get you out of the way of a parked car. So, but that's where I started. I, you know, I went, took the safety course, started. And if you could ride around the city of Philadelphia and not get clipped, then you're doing something all right. And then little by little, I started working my way up. And the next thing you know, my first actual Harley was a 83 Ironhead. 83 Ironhead, huh? Yep. That's badass. Yeah. Badass. Oh, what bike did you start off on, Len? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, what I, bike did you start out on? My my very first bike was a was a, a 1986 Suzuki Savage 650. It was just <laughs> a little one one cylinder, you know, 25 horsepower on a good day with some really good gas in it. And, you know, then little by little, I started scraping pennies together. I, I managed to pull, I think it was back then it was 2,200 bucks, which for me was a lot of, a lot of dough back then to buy my first Harley and, <laughs> and my first, and the first Harley that I bought was a, was an old Ironhead Sportster. And man, I, I was in my glory. It was rusty. It was old scratched up tank, you know, paint faded, you know, side covers all oxidized, whole deal, but it just <laughs> hit the start button, man. She she fired up on me every time. <laughs> right. That's badass, man. How yep. about you, Len? Or uh my fault, uh Bushcraft. Me? Well, like I said, I I started out back in the uh early mid 70s uh first bike I owned was a uh the predecessor to the CT90. It was a CT200 or C200, I forget which, but, you know, step through frame trail bike, bought it in pieces, made it run. And then whenever I'd run out of gas and run out of money, I'd take it apart, back apart again into pieces to fix something that probably wasn't really wrong with it. And then put it back together when I had enough money for gas <laughs> and ride it some more. But first street bike, um, I, I had a Suzuki GS 400 and uh, then a GS 550. And then my first chop was, and it's kind of a cool story. I was going to uh, where I lived, there was a seven 11 that I dropped by and, you know, go buy a sandwich. And I'm in there one day and I look and I saw this BSA, a65 lightning and a rigid girder front end six bend pullbacks coffin tank and it just caught my eye there was something about the bike that just stood out to me and at the time i had an old 250 zoom dap two stroke that uh, <laughs> oh, wow. smoked like a pig and gutless but it kind of looked cool and i got it for 150 bucks so wow <laughs> but uh, i went and uh i talked to the guy and he agreed to swap the Zundap and some cash for the BSA. So I did it. And over the years that I owned that BSA, I completely redid it, built it. Uh, it actually won, uh, won best to show for uh, best foreign bike at uh, Hanford one year. So it was, uh, it was cool. And I rode all over the West coast with that, uh, that old rigid, uh, Girder didn't bother me at all then. Of course, I was, you know, in my teens and uh, early 20s when I had that bike. But uh, moved from that to a uh, 45 solo. 
and uh, traded that for a Sportster and kept on going from there. <laughs> Rock on, man. Uh, what do you see as the difference, Mark, from your time period as far as partying is concerned? I know you guys used to let loose. Well, I got, I think I really started partying in the 80s. That was pretty much a party decade for bikers, I think. Um, started going to camp outs more and, um, you know, um, just there was um, one time at the Redwood Run, there was a... Um, naked girl coming out of the river. Her boyfriend was big, man, about 6'4", you know, pushing 280. And um, I had a friend who had passed. I had I had his um, ashes in my pocket. And I asked him, is it cool if uh, I take a picture of your old lady with my buddy Frank? And he goes, yeah, that's cool. And she goes, where is he? I go, right here, man. <laughs> I pull out a little baggy ashes. <laughs> She held up to her nipple and took the picture. And uh, that, that was a pretty funny story. <laughs> How about you, Len? Frank was partying still from the other side, I'll tell you. Uh, the parties, I mean, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm a bit of an anomaly because most of the most of the guys that I came up with, a lot of my friends weren't into bikes when they were in their teens and, and in their early 20s. So I always found myself gravitating towards the older crowd because they were the ones who were going on all the runs and they were the ones going to all the parties. And let's just say it was it was like Mardi Gras right in Philly more than a few times. And <laughs> boy was I boy was I happy as a pig and shit when that was going down. <laughs> when um, I were the women, man. When Bushcraft oh, um lived in the Santa Cruz Mountains, we had a we put speakers up outside. And we had a big old party all night, and the very first guy to arrive was a guy named Charlie. Well, the next morning, about five in the morning, I had to take a leak. I go over to the bushes, I'm just getting ready to go. I see a little face down in there. I go, what? <laughs> Hell, that's Charlie. What's he doing passed out in the bushes, man? I almost pissed on you, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Never be the first one to pass out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, hide that, if and, you are. <laughs> and I can tell you that the first one to pass out, that that it don't matter what generation. <laughs> you pass out first. Yeah. Be prepared. And, and you know yeah. what? Be lucky that back then there wasn't no damn camera phones. I know. Because if you imagine, could you imagine some of the pictures that would be floating around online now if there were cell phones with cameras <laughs> in them back then? Oh, boy. Damn. oh man, yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm still digging negatives out of my freaking storage bin somewhere. I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, that's funny, man. Uh, we actually use maps and pay phones back then. Yep. Right. I don't think mm -hmm. they know what that was. Do you think Bushcraft? I don't think they oh, know what it is. I'll tell you what. So phone booths were a great place to get out of the weather. <laughs> you could actually get in a phone booth and dry off if you got caught in a downpour. You can even yep. sleep in them. A little yeah. uncomfortable, but, you know, you kind of hunched down. <laughs> right. Uh, but, 
Yeah, it was uh, it was good times. It's it still is, but boy, it sure changed a lot. Uh, and before she gets out of here, hey Denise, after this, do me a favor and message me on Facebook because if you're who I think you are, we were actually just swapping some stories about your dad uh, before we got on here. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, the. Uh, it, it was good times. Things have changed. And, you know, I, I'm kind of the in-between. I'm the crossover generation. So Mark and the guys like him, you know, started riding, started partying in the 70s and were in full roll by the 80s. And I was just getting started in the 80s and kind of hit my stride in the 90s. Um, and Len, same thing, kind of got started partying and riding in the nineties and really hit stride in the, in the two thousands. Yeah. Um, but you know, looking at late eighties, uh, mid late eighties, when I was doing this, I'll give you a, for instance, we, uh, mm. me and a buddy were going to a run they used to have out here called the panhead run. And we got together and rode out there and set up tent, hung out for a while and after a few hours we looked at each other and says you know this is kind of dead there was another run going on <laughs> and uh, i don't know about 100 150 miles away um so we said yeah let's pull up camp let's go to the other run so we got on the bikes rode to the other run rolled in and uh <clears throat> we spent a couple of days partying at that run and just kind of <laughs> appeared and took over and uh, met up with some friends there. And back in those days, and that, that run was a good example of that is we didn't unpack the bike. We went and we were drinking uh, this, this drink called yuck. And one of these days, my old lady will be on a, a show here, <laughs> and, uh, talk with China and some of them, and she'll share some of the, some of the interesting <laughs> things about yuck. But uh, <laughs> there's the, there's a reason they call it yuck and it ain't for the taste. Uh, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, we, I don't know, somewhere two, three, four in the morning, whatever it was that we all ran out of gas, you know, staggered back to the bike. And, uh, you know, I, I did have the energy to un, unbungee the sleeping bag and throw it down as a pillow <laughs> and passed out next to the bike on the dirt. That was fine. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Hopefully, it releases these screens. The Insane Throttle TV app on Roco now. Get content not seen on our other platforms. No censorship, no PC, only biker fun and entertainment. It's hardcore. Again, go over to Roco TV and add the Insane Throttle TV app now. Rock on, it didn't. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we're here talking with our guests, Len and Biker Bushcraft for our first segment. And hey, uh, Mark and uh, Bushcraft, do you yeah. think these youngins would know who David Allen Coe is? Well, I don't think so, no. <laughs> no. You remember his uh, Over 18 album? Um, I don't remember the album, but that the perfect country song is one of my favorite songs. 
It is. I love that song. And I'm a hardcore David Allen Coe fan, so oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you got uh, some funny ones. Finger fucking Sally, uh, uh-huh. fucking in the butt. I like my coffee black. <laughs> you, you imagine if they tried to come up these days in the music scene, if they would even get anywhere without no. getting canceled? No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if you look, listen to the lyrics of Common Song, I, you know, granted, he's no, uh, uh, I don't know who any of the modern country singers are, but it, he's certainly from a different time. But when you when you got people like him, like Waylon Jennings, yeah. you know, those guys, they that that's country music. That's what country music was supposed to be. Um, you know, the stuff now. Not all uh, this pop rock crap. <laughs> yeah, I, and and don't get me wrong, man. I I got really eclectic tastes in music, and there's some old school rap that I actually like. There's you know I I rock from old old school, but there's there's nothing new that I really like. <laughs> I will say that. Well, it's like. It's all pop rock, man. I think, yeah. you know, yeah. some of the stuff I liked was Travis Tritt, uh, Aaron Tippin. Uh, man, I can go on and on, but it's just not the same. It don't have that feel to it. And now it's mostly all that rap junk, right? Isn't it, Len? You know, and, and this is the and this is the thing for me. Now you got to remember, I grew up in the city, so. Rap, you know, I, I went to city uh, city schools and, you know, I grew up in a very diverse atmosphere. So rap was just part of my my come up. But at the same time, again, because I gravitated toward guys in the lifestyle that were a little bit older than me. That's where I learned about David Allen Cole, Whale and Jennings, you know, and, and guys in note like even Johnny Paycheck, you know, oh. one hit wonder, <laughs> you know, but. It, it was because of those guys, but yeah, no. And, and to be honest with you, I've kind of lost touch. I'm, I'm going on 46 years old and, and the rap has changed a lot since when I was a kid. And now I don't think I've ever turned the stereo on in my car once to, to listen to the stereo, to listen to the radio, because for every one good song you get, you, you got to wade through a half hour's worth of commercials and then 15 top 40 you know, songs that are in heavy rotation that you hear enough that you want to just, you know, rip your radio out, throw it on the highway. <laughs> right. Well, you I got, got a, right. I got a little Johnny uh, paycheck story. So it was a bike event he was playing and I was, we're taking shifts. I was guarding the limo where he was sitting in, in between. And uh, <laughs> they said, don't let nobody go in there. Well, these ladies are coming up. Oh, I'm so-and-so's wife. Oh, go ahead. I don't know how many women went in the limo, but they had a lot of wives. That somebody time. came out and said, Johnny wants something to eat. So we went up to the front of the line, got two plates of hamburgers, took them back to the limo. But th- that was kind of funny because I wasn't supposed to let nobody in, but he didn't send any of those girls back out, you know? <laughs> I, I suspect I suspect Johnny had a lot of wives that night. <laughs> uh, even the rallies were a lot more wild uh well 70s of course man it was like the ending of free love back then 80s got a little more hardcore and uh 
it kind of tamed down in the late 90s, but that was the golden era of the biker party, everybody running around naked, all that good stuff. Uh, Hog Rock uh, is uh, one that's close to that, I hear, and it's supposed to be one of the best ones out there. Uh, but you you can remember the old Easy Riders magazines. They didn't care about yep. the censorship then, and now it's all different. Uh, do you guys even read the old biker rags anymore? I still have quite a few of them sitting around. I, I've i had collections since, uh, I guess I started collecting them about 81, 82. And uh, I've given away my collections a couple of times, but I've still got a few that uh, I really like. One of them, a buddy gave me the magazine, and when I opened it up, it had some photos of one of the models in the magazine so it was somebody he knew um so it was a1 john's the one that gave it to me that's actually. a funny thing because i always would joke he was an older biker he's talking about a1 john or johnny rotten um <laughs> i always kidded him when i went from honda to harley i go he just gave me my first easy rider magazine and look at me now <laughs> <laughs> and you know and guess what? Uh, Easy Easy Rider magazine. Even when I was a kid, Easy Rider magazine was still on the magazine shelf at at random for anybody to pick up. Yep. In spite of all the in spite of all the colorful material, which I was known to partake in every so often. Uh, but so basically, what you're saying is you had a lot of sticky pages. <laughs> Damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why do you think Guilty. I went to that 7-Eleven all the time? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say. Guilt, yeah, but well, you know what? Up there, it was the grocery store where you could you could find Easy Rider magazine or whatever. And now, now you know they they wrap them in plastic. They practically black them out, and you gotta you know you gotta go through multiple layers of security just to get your hands on something like that anymore. You got that yeah, right. Act, That's what's terrible. Actually, the in in the wind magazine. Um, February 91 issue I'm I'm in there a two-page article on kind of hosting a motorcycle event a couple pictures of me yep I still have it framed my son he's like four years old I think he's 40 now or 39 <laughs> yeah yeah it, you know it's uh it, it some of you guys might remember tattoo magazine and biker lifestyle oh, yeah. Bob Benchin yep. so Bob's an old friend of mine wow but it's kind of funny because we've met in multiple lifestyles. So he went from bikes to boats, cruise, cruised around the world, has a, a magazine that's kind of the biker rag of the cruising wow. world called uh, Latitudes and Attitudes. But uh, he and I run into each other every few years and kind of these days remind each other who we are. But, um, you know, it, it's funny you watch the guys and he's one that was back in the early days in the seventies, starting to build and starting to be part of this life. And, uh, you know, watching him go through the transitions and he still parties as hard as he did then, as far as I could tell. Um, but you know, they're the, you're right. The runs were different. You know, the, one of my favorite ones to go to was bike fest in Hanford. Uh, down in Central Valley, it's it's truly it was a pit. It was held at the fairgrounds down there. You know, if you couldn't drink the water, that tasted like <laughs> sulfur. It was hot. 
it was miserable, but it was a good time. Everybody was there partying, you know, and they, they had a main drag through the fairgrounds and basically by sundown, there was nothing but bikes making the run down that strip with naked women on the back. You know, the, the wet t-shirt contest was really a no t-shirt contest. Uh, did, did you know that I won a trophy at that run for Mr. Nude? <laughs> oh, no. I'm glad oh, I didn't. Man, I wish I, I still didn't know. Uh, it was right before you knew me. So, so do they so still have their eyesight like, after witnessing that, man, Mark? <laughs> they had like, like six trophies, and they couldn't get enough guys to get up there. So, And they looked like little Oscars, man. They were cool-looking little trophies. So... I just went up there and mooned everybody, and they gave me a trophy. And I had that so, on the panel over so, the fireplace. So, just dude. so, in other words, you're saying it's a good thing that back then we still didn't have camera phones. <laughs> That's right. Right on. That is right. <laughs> but, hey, you know, for out in Pennsylvania, uh, not far from where I grew up, uh, you guys, and you guys may be familiar, there's a club out in uh, PA called the Reading Motorcycle Club out of Reading, Pennsylvania. And Reading Motorcycle Club still puts on one hell of a party. They, they, and every year they've got the, you know, everybody's camped out. It's just a big party. They got bands, bonfires, people walking around, you know, some wearing clothes, some a little less than, some not at all. Not real and, biker rally instead of this Sturgis crap. Yep. Yeah. And they actually have it on the property, on their property, they have a tree that is called the Panty Tree. That literally is is covered from limb to limb with panties, and it's it's a rite of passage. You, you're you're one of the ladies that goes through that gate. There's a pretty good chance, whether whether you do it yourself or or somebody steals a pair and slingshots them up there for you, your your drawers are going to end up on the limb. <laughs> well, they I probably to put my boxers up there on a fishing pole or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they used it, to have on, the old uh, 70s CB 750s or 550s hanging oh, from the yeah. tree like a piñata. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I, I never got into the jet bike smash. I you know, there were still runs that I went to that they had it, but it's like I don't want to destroy a motorcycle, man. I just I couldn't bring myself to do it. You know, I even even though I was riding Harleys, I just I I I've never been one to say that, you know, we should destroy something just because it's not a Harley. I mean, I love motorcycles. I love riding. So it's my thing. But you know what? Not I that bet, it wasn't fun. <laughs> I bet the best contest that uh, Mark liked was the hot dog eat. <laughs> you know you ride up there, Mark. <laughs> well, oh, man. Actually... <laughs> Standing up on, on his back, back pegs. one of my buddy's bikes, and I tried to do it. And right underneath, man, he goosed it, and I got mustard all over me, man. That's not going to age well here, Mark. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I'm, gonna hear I, that I, I'm not having you on. <laughs> well, you're the guy who won't destroy a jet bike. Hollywood, is there, is there another well, commercial like, coming? Or? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, wow, that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> They're going to be like, what kind of freaks do I got on this show? <laughs> hey, the, the best kind. <laughs> oh, and having fun and going crazy, man. Oh, man. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. It's, it's changed. But the, parties, the parties are, 
still good, but they're not the same. You know, I've, I've been to uh, a couple of the recent ones. There was one, uh, you know, the, the same group, and it really is kind of the same group at any of these runs. You got uh, the, the El Diablo run down in Mexico. Um, you got the, the bike show down there in Southern California. And, you know, all the guys that are building and riding the old school long bikes, the old school chops. And I've been to a couple of those events and they're fun, um, but it's it's still a more modern vibe. It's still not uh, it's still not the same, you know, and there's I guess it, it, it kind of feels more formal. It's not like, you know, you went to those runs and you get messed up. And you felt okay about it. You know, you knew a few people there that were going to cover you if there was a problem. And aside from that, everybody was just there having a good time. And a lot of the newer runs, you know, you, you go, you camp, they're on the old bikes, but you just don't get that feel. It's like, I don't know. Um, and I, the ones I've been to, though, I see the same people no matter what it is. So I know those same people are following those events, but... Um, well, uh, yeah. Bushcraft, Denise says, I'd love to come join and meet some of you all that may have known my father. Definitely. If, uh, yeah, if I'm right about who you are, definitely. Um, uh, it, it, yeah, I, I, I rode in his fu funeral possession. So, so did I rode yep. with him. Yep. So <clears throat> that was a long time ago. But, it was uh, a different kind of somber feeling uh, when bikers used to uh, throw their funerals back then. I can tell you that. It was. Not yeah, it was. You know, it's. It, I mean, it was. It was a party, but you know, there's a friend of mine that talks about modern events, and you kind of got three types of events, right? You got the big stuff like Sturgis and Daytona, and you know it's it's cool to get to go experience it once but i wouldn't go there i don't have the money i'm not into i'm not trying to show off my show bike up and down the drag i mean i want to go to a party i want to go to a party right but uh, then you got the ones that are these like i said the el diablo run uh and things like that that are just you know this offset group and they're a lot of fun they're cool and people ride a lot of miles to get to them so i dig those and then you got your typical every weekend one that the clubs put on that's your pay your 20 dollars, eat your plate of shit shake hands with the same people that you see at every one of those runs <laughs> and, you know and, and it's no disrespect to anybody that puts on that stuff don't get me wrong but to me uh those aren't the kind of biker runs that we used to do, they're not even related. Um, and I kind of forgot where I was going. <laughs> uh, a quick bulletin here. Kellen, Canada, breaking news. Ottawa, Canada, downtown has turned into a rave dance party. You guys better be supporting our truckers up there. Hopefully we get a good one coming up here. But going back to what you said, Bushcraft, the exact thing you're talking about is the hill climb rallies, I think. I love oh. the party weekends. Yeah. And, and, you know, for you, 
I'm sure you know, but a lot of people might not know. That's where it all started, man. Yes, it you did. Know, 1947, Hollister started at an AMA road uh, hill climb. And, uh, you know, people broke off from that, went into town, started party, and the rest is history. Right. Well, you know what? The AMA came out, and it seems like it's gained so much po uh, popularity <clears throat> that they're going to get a circuit going again for the hill climbs. That'd be fun. I, God, can you imagine with the new technology what it's going to be like, though? I mean, you know, well, back uh, then you had... It, it it was a whole different thing taking an old 45 flathead and trying to do Pike's Peak than it is yeah. taking one of these, yeah. you know, 300 horsepower turbocharged twin cams. And, to <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, the, for some of the runs that I've done, uh, you know, I, it, I came I came after the stuff like the hill climbs, you know, the, oh, long you after, in fact. I did. And, you know, that, again, I, you know, I always kind of found myself gravitating towards the older bikers because those were the guys that not only that I like to ride with, but man, they had some great fucking stories to tell. You know, you were never you were never uh, so close to somebody that, you know, they couldn't they didn't have a story. If we were out on a cruise somewhere stop for stop at a bar for a drink and some grub and the next thing you know they can tell you five stories about 20 years before that when they were running those same roads or they was right they were riding those same rallies man that's always something that i've been down with and i love to listen to those old stories and even i related to the old school bikers that were right. before me and their stories and um <clears throat> one time my bike broke down just before cell phones and um, the bike stopped, made a call to a friend. He didn't show, he had about 100 miles away. After six hours, I pushed my bike in the bushes and hitchhiked to town at the payphone, found out he's on the way. I told the older school biker about it when I got home. Oh, he chewed my ass out. You never leave your bike. I don't know well, I hit it and the bushes would go. Oh, you never leave it. Have you ever seen a broke down Harley on the side of the road with a skeleton next to it? Paulie or actually Rob asked where would you like to see a rally if it was up to me on about 100 acres of land and nothing but uh, degenerate stuff going on yeah well I know they, they've got that one down in northern Arizona and uh, I've spent a lot of time down there with the weather that sounds like a fun event I haven't been to it and but uh, that's one I want to check out. But to me, you know, just anywhere. Just as long as bushcraft, just as long as you don't let Mark get into the hot dog contest. <laughs> right? <laughs> Unless he's oh, on the back man. of his bike. <laughs> uh, no, not on the back of my bike. No. <laughs> Come on. You, you, you walked right into that one. I had it. Hey, so, so I will say for the record, uh, you know, there's uh, – there's been a couple of times where I've had a dude on the back of my bike, but it was necessary. You know, yeah, I right, had a right. buddy that went down and his bike burnt, had to get him home. Absolutely. Get on the back of the bike, not even think twice about it. Exactly. You know, I had another buddy that we were going to pick up one of my other bikes. It's like, get on, we'll go. I didn't have a cage. What are you going to do? Right. But that ain't nothing to me. I don't care about that. I mean, it's just, 
what you do. Now, I ain't going to pack a dude to a run. And you ain't going to go in a hot dog contest? <laughs> no, no. No, no hot dog contest, I guess, man. Yeah. Not even for you, brother. No. Uh, Seth asks, uh, Seth wants to know from you guys, uh, how do you all feel about trike sidecars? And I can tell you the trikes nowadays suck, but if you go back to the 70s and 80s, you got some good Volkswagen engines happening, long-ass freaking uh, front ends, all that good stuff. What do you think, uh, Volkswagen? So I've had both. Um, I've had a couple of uh, 45 trikes, and uh, they were they were good. They were slow, but they were good. Nothing better, though, in the winter. You know, it's you're in the snow and ice, and a trike's just – awesome keeps you on the road um i had one sidecar rig and it was uh, an old pre-unit triumph that i bought down in arizona and the dude had built this funky sidecar and i rode i rode it a bit um i i don't think i'd ever own a sidecar rig but uh it was kind of cool you know i guess if i had a dog that I wanted to take places maybe, but uh, St. Bernard. My, yeah. That's what I was going to say. If I had, you know, I take my pit bull on a sidecar. Yeah. But my old lady likes being on the back of the bike. Uh, she's got issues with her neck and it actually, it's easier for her to be on the bike than it is for her to be in a car. And sidecar would be the same thing because it throws her neck around. So, you know, and plus she, she'd rather be on the back. She calls herself my backpack. So <laughs> I got the China doll in the house to say hi to everybody. I see Hello. that. Howdy. Hey, you doing, girl? That's Bushcraft. That's Mark. That's Len. We're talking about the fun times, the nastiness, all kinds of debauchery. <laughs> yeah. That bikers used to be. What you happened? Know, I, I also <laughs> had two uh, 45 trikes. And the thing I do love about trikes. Is the turns the centrifugal force, you know, because you're not leaning into them, and I, I just like that, man. But they take up too much room in the garage. You end up putting stuff on them. <laughs> I had a friend with a with a VW trike, and he had a he had a big Springer front end on it, yeah. and he he rode the shit out of that thing. He didn't care. He didn't care if it was five miles to the bar or 500 miles out to the middle of nowhere. He loved that thing. And the, and the thing about the Volkswagen trike, you know, a, a basic set of hand tools, that thing takes a dump on you somewhere. You can get everything you need from the local auto parts store and be back oh, yeah. on the road in an hour, you know? Yeah. But you can do that with the shovel head too. If you know what you're looking for. Well, yeah, I don't even know if these new kids know how to, you know, use a wrench. <laughs> well, there is it, honestly with that that uh, the newest bike I got. So it's a 2014 CVO Limited. Um, you know, I short of changing the oil, I, I want nothing to do with working on it. <laughs> I really don't, man. It's uh, no way. Um, my the last chop I built. Uh, few, few years back it was a uh, uh 91 fx engine and a hardtail and <laughs> um i took the electronic ignition out and replaced it with points it was kick only uh open belt but uh you know give me the choice i'd rather have something i can work on on the side of the road and you know you can replace a piston and a shovel head with the chevy piston i believe it's a 60 over 327 piston wow uh, <laughs> 
you know, there, there's a lot of crazy stuff that you can do at your local Napa if you break down with the shovel head. You're going to do that with an Evo or even I a, had an especially. Old, I had an old school biker tell me when my shovel head was, was acting squarely on me, and I'll never forget this. He said, sounds like you got a you got something going on with your motor i said yeah i think so you know he's like he's like just throw some 60 weight in there you'll be good <laughs> right <laughs> so len how did you how did you get your old lady in uh the motorcycling and stuff i knew i threw my uh wife china doll here on a 77 bonneville scared the shit out of her didn't i <laughs> yeah because the backrest on it was not a backrest it was called hit my tailbone and every time we hit a bump i landed on it so that yeah the kind of she almost sucked. flew off the back and yeah oh, dude you had a backrest <laughs> yeah like that big it was like an inch it was, the it was more, more like a it's more like a back bump yeah and, that's about what it was but and then for me, you know never never ever ever forget to tell your old lady if you ain't got a backrest hold the fuck on yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i mean for me, miles an hour on that little shit though <laughs> for me that i i at, at the moment i am i am old lady lists but at the time a few years back when i was seeing what somebody are you talking about you basis. still got the five sisters man uh, what's that <laughs> five sisters oh hey well, uh, you know what yeah, they, yeah we used to call it rosie palmer and her five sisters. <laughs> these cheap bitches don't pick don't chip in for gas <laughs> so, but uh no but back in when i was when i did the, I, same thing i had a really short sissy bar and I was, I had an O2 soft tail was not my Springer. I, but we were cruising we were getting ready to get out on the highway down in Jersey on the AC expressway, my cruising speed. I know that little sign says 55, but I'm just going to keep going. And before I knew it, you know, she was kind of poking at me. I was like, what? And then we, we finally got to where we're going. We were riding to Atlantic city which was about an hour and a half, about an hour and 15 minutes. I made it in like 48 minutes and she was like, I can't believe you were going as fast as you were. I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, I, she's like, you didn't feel me. And then I lift up my shirt. I had claw marks in my freaking side Oh wow! where she was like, you know, I'm a doughy dude in the midsection anyway. So she grabbed a hold of the, you know, the love handles and was, was digging in for dear life. So how about you, Mark? How'd you get your old lady into it? Did she, was she scared the first time she got on with you or did, uh, which one? Well, the thing is, which one, when I was 40 right? years old, I realized, you know, the longest I've ever had a woman, it's five years. The longest I've ever had a bike is five years. I just ruined them somehow, man. And finally, I did. I started learning how to take care of shit, you know. But, um, yeah, my um, my wife passed in 2009, cancer. About a year oh, I'm later, sorry to hear that. I met a a nice girl, and I've been with her, and we've been married. Let's see, getting on to five years, and she doesn't ride a whole lot, but you know, it's like. I like a couple years ago. I said, "Hey, I'm gonna go to Arizona Bike Week. Is that okay with you? I'll be gone like five days." She goes, "Yeah, that's fine. Well, that's good because if you just said no, I was probably gonna go anyway." She goes, "You didn't have to say that part." <laughs> well, I, I'm listen. Daytona. I live. I live not far from Daytona. I'm in Florida, 
So maybe during the Daytona rally, I'll, 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 I'll find a, a navigator of my own. Who knows? <laughs> there you go. Why are you waiting so long? You should be out there bar hopping right now, man. You know what? I was you, earlier. you know I what? Was... You're talking about generational, man. We just be out there going to get us some. You sit <laughs> on your lawyer. You're on the computer. No, get out there, man. Say, hey, what's right. up, man? You want to give Wait. back your head? <laughs> He's like, peace out. <laughs> <laughs> you need to listen to my show in the mornings on the radio, man. I'll teach you all about it. No, hey. no, 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 you won't. Do not listen to him in the morning on the radio. Listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. He don't. I, I sit there and uh, you know what? I got a movement going on with us men. It's called BNG, blow and go. Okay, take care of yourselves, man. <laughs> it's called menemism instead of feminism. Okay, we take care of ourselves. So you got to learn this one. <laughs> Don't listen well, to I'll, that. Don't, I'll tell no. you what, me and, me and my old lady been together since 1995, and uh, she's my third. Took three tries to get it right, but I got it right. And uh, hey, we so, strike out. yeah, but you know, it's uh. It, Loving to ride has got to be part of it too, you know. It's yeah. In uh, early two thousands, well, mid two thousands, something like that. I I sold my bike for a couple of years. Decided I was going to focus on work and things like that, not ride. And it wasn't that long before my lady's saying, "No, you need another bike. You ain't you. You need another bike." And uh, so she made sure that I bought another bike, but. Um, it's, you know, she and I, when we split, we both came out of bad relationships and, uh, we had been friends for years and the night we got together, we got on the bike and split with what would fit in the saddlebags yep. and, uh, you know, spent about the next month doing nothing but riding around. And uh, living on the bike, pretty much doing some couch surfing. And, you know, the first run that she went to, uh, she was, uh, she'd never been on anything long. And I, I know I told, I told this story on a, another one of your shows, the Hollywood, but uh, I'm going to share it because it's appropriate. We went down to the Yuma prison run in Yuma, Arizona. It was about a 700 mile ride. And that was her first long ride. And she had never been on any kind of a, a long run, or for that matter, even been to a run really at that point. We rode through, stopped in LA, stayed the night, got down to Yuma. I got heat stroke and was in the hotel the whole time. Turned around and rode back. <clears throat> and uh, on the way back, uh, we were going to stop in L.A. and uh, where we we're going to stop flaked out. So her first run, she sat on the back of a shovel head for 700 miles straight through on the way home in the desert heat yep. and, uh, you know, and wanted to get back on again. <laughs> yeah, I know, Jay, man. Somebody tried spamming me. I got rid of them. Uh, if any of my moderators are in there, get rid of them, will you? Uh, I'd appreciate that. Who the hell wants to, you know, get some junk off to a broad that you got to pay for anyway? Uh, 
I was I still remember the, the the first time I actually Bushcraft and I met. Oh, geez, what is it? Fifteen years now? Yeah, yeah, about yeah. That. About that, we met on a forum. Uh, he was on a cross country trip from California, he made it all the way back east, and at the time. Uh, he was in Maryland and I was in New Jersey and I rode through New Jersey, through Delaware, out to the nethers of Maryland. And we, we got together and we hung out for the whole day. And, you know, I, for me, especially, it's always been tough to find people that are wanting to get on the bike and actually ride, not 20 miles down the road not to you know not that going to the bar is a bad thing but when i go out on a run and when i when i try to schedule something i tell all the guys to come with me dude i got a hundred mile rule we ain't stopping unless you need fuel or we got to hit the pisser or something because it, it, it the ride is why you're out is 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 just as much of the fun as it is when you get to a place where you can stop and blow off some steam and have some fun rock out Hey, last week, man, we were talking on the neutral zone about strippers and hookers and how they go <laughs> hand in hand with us bikers, man. You know, I think it was a perfect thing. Len, I'm going to, you know what? I got to make a suggestion to you since you don't got a girl, man. I don't know how bad inflation is right now, but, you know, maybe you just see a back of the head, to, you know, for, you know, 50, 60 oh, bucks. man. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 I do have some questionable standards at times. So, I mean... <laughs> How good can your standards be? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, I pre-qualified that, okay? I said questionable, all right? Give me a little bit of credit, okay? Denise (laughs) says, don't listen to them, Len. (laughs) (laughs) He's the youngest one here. We got to mess with them. (laughs) Nah, guess what? Don't... I, I I may be dancing around a little bit, but I got my own peccadillos that I'm willing to share at another point in time. It, it, Mardi, Gras, Mardi Gras was a regular visit for me. And all I can say is thank God that my time on Bourbon Street was long before the Internet. Because I have I have no idea. And if you've never been to Mardi Gras and you've never had a hand grenade from the tropical isle in New Orleans, you know, you drink two or three of those, and if you can actually get upright and get your legs to work, you're in good shape. So, right? They're, they're, they, I don't know what they mix those things with. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like 190 proof white lightning, and they mix it with like high C orange or something, and oh, you're just man. going, oh, these are great. And then, oh man, bang, and then you're three deep, and then the next thing you know, you're walking down Bourbon Street, and you don't remember if you're if you're going back to your hotel or if you were just missing a taxi to the airport to go home. <laughs> You know what's funny? We were talking back uh, in the green room about sporties yeah. and how we all love them and stuff. What do you guys think of the, new, the, the abomination that they're calling <laughs> the 2022 Sportster, that hybrid? No. 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 They're all no. It's like no. a freaking, it, 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 it's like a sporty screwed a v-rod that's how bad it is it's, yes it, that's you know perfect what? that's exactly right that's it and, and you know what i've owned at least that i can remember right now i've owned six sportsters between 83 and 2004 and the sportsters that i've owned i've 
loved all of them at one point or another. I actually had a 93 Sportster that if I could find out where that thing went, I would buy it back. But I actually test rode a sport, the new Sportster, and I'm going to, I know I'm about to catch a whole lot of hell for this, but I actually Uh-oh. test rode the, the live wire. Mm-hmm. You know what? Local. I actually want to test ride that thing. Yeah. You I can't, it, I've it's actually badass in a way. I went yeah. to the local, I went to the local dealer. They were doing a demo and I was, the guy was like, you want to try the live wire? I said, yeah, why not? So I get on the bike, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of bulky. It's, it's kind of compact and it's real wide because it's got the battery base and everything. And I go on and I sit on it and, and the guy was like, okay, you start it right here. And so I hit the button, nothing. And I'm going, and I'm looking around and I'm going, is it, is it on? He goes, yeah, it's on. So I what? go out, I take a swing around the parking lot. The only thing you can hear out of the live wire is the rubber on the asphalt. That's it. Oh, <clears> what did you think else. China about the sporty? I had many of them. I prefer the old sporties. I like light. I like the vibration and the loudness. Sorry. <laughs> it's got to vibrate between the legs or it ain't worth my time. You know, it's funny you would say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's not. I, I was I was at the I was at this run. We rode out to Missouri to meet a bunch of people and uh camp out. And so we're camped out and this dude's there on this sporty and he's he's kind of wiry crazy dude. And he says, yeah, you got to check it out. He built a vibrator into the pee pad on his sporty. Oh! Hey. He was really win. popular, man. Everybody <laughs> wanted to go for a ride. Can we attach if my can, toy? If I can get, if yeah, I can sorry, get Hollywood. Own, I probably just ruined your bike, didn't I? <laughs> if I can get my own. Like, yeah, baby! <laughs> <laughs> I could, if I could get my old 93 Sportster back, man, I, I, I had, when, when I lived in Philly, I had a 93 and it was an 883 that got punched out to a 12, uh, upgraded the carburetor. We put a, uh, fireball high four ignition in it, drag bars, progressive shocks. And man, this thing was just fast and I loved it. And to this day, if I could find out who owned that bike, I would buy it back from them. It probably would be a wreck right now, but I don't I don't care. Out of all the bikes that I've ever bought and sold, and I've had a lot, that's probably the one that I would say I miss the most if, if, since we were talking about Sportsters, man. I absolutely love that bike, and it was fast as shit, too. Hey, Bushcraft and uh, Mark, you guys out in Cali? Yeah, yeah. What's Pardon? it like? You know, I see those twisty uh curvy roads all the time on tv <laughs> yeah, how man. are they how are they legitimately how do you ride them you know where <laughs> you don't got a lot of you know forward looking uh sight uh, going around those curves all that stuff well i i'll tell you what i rather than me describing how i ride it i'll let either one of these two who've actually i'll take that road those roads behind me tell you about I'll it say, yeah Iron horses in the house. Go ahead. Yeah. So we, Bushcraft and I have done a lot of miles together. Uh, No question about it. One of the roads that we would go out on, uh, on a pretty consistent basis was in Central Valley. 
And it started out as a really innocuous country road, you know, farmland on either side. Next thing you know, you start climbing up the road, climbing up the hills a little bit. And then all of a sudden, rocks on either side. And man, those turns sneak up on you in a heartbeat. And it's, it's a two-lane road. And I can tell you, without exaggerating, I've watched him grind down floorboards down <laughs> down to basically the rubber uh, on more than one occasion. And those California roads, there's one particular <clears throat> road that I, that I can still never get, you know, out of my head for good or for good or for bad. Bear Creek Road in the Santa Cruz oh, Mountains. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yep. It, you he go used up to the, live up there. I rode that you road go up many there, And it doesn't matter which way you go up and how you come down. It, because Bear Creek goes all the way from one side of the, of the mountain to the other and, and vice versa. You get up far enough and I would put it probably pretty damn close to Tail of the Dragon with as many turns as Bear Creek Road has. Yeah. And there's another point when you're riding on those roads you don't really want to stay uh, too close to the uh, center line. No, because you'll those get clipped. cars come around too tight. They cut into your lane. So, you know, you're not yeah. really supposed to ride in the middle of the lane because the oil and all that. But, you know, you don't want to get over in the gravel. So you kind of kind of stay in the middle on those somewhat. Yeah. And you got yeah. big moody curve. You got big moody curve on highway. And cars come oh, around yeah. too tight and they're in your lane, yeah. you know. And so. Yeah, what are some good, what are some good destinations for people to visit in Cali, you know, just to visit, ride, see, you know, the sites. So, I mean, there's a lot of them, but um, so one of the best motorcycle roads on the state is up in Trinity and Humboldt County. It's called it's Highway 36. It runs from uh, uh, Redding across to Arcata on the coast. And it's uh, over 100 miles of twisties, but it's good road and it's beautiful. And at the end of it, you've got the, the uh, uh, giant redwood forest campground areas and or you go a little further and you got the ocean, anything like that. Um, on the central coast, I mean, there, there's tons of stuff further down. Uh, in Solvang, California, is the uh, Motorcycle Museum. Yeah. Solvang's an old Dutch town, or it's kind of a theme town, but it's it's cool as hell to spend a couple of days hanging out and see the Motorcycle Museum. Um, you know, out in the Central Valley, pretty much anywhere you go, uh, Millerton Lake's a great place to camp. It's out near Fresno. Um, getting further down south in the desert, you know, Panamint Valley is one of my favorite places to camp. It's truly out in the desert, middle of nowhere. Um, you know, uh, Joshua Tree is one of my favorite places, and I actually lived there for a while. Um, but that's that's another great place to go camp. Um, you know, just about anywhere in the state, you can't go wrong, and there's. There's a lot of places that, like I said, Peniment Valley is totally, you know, totally off the grid. There's no services around. There's nothing there. Uh, you bring in what you need and that's what you got. And it's too damn far to change your mind and run to the store. Uh, like I said, Highway 36, it's uh, 90 
I remember right, and it's been a few years since I've been up there, but it's 90 miles till the Hay Fork turn off, and that's the halfway point. I may be remembering that wrong, but, um, it, you know, up there, there's no town around. There's no services around anywhere. So you're you're going to be riding for uh, probably four hours till you get across it. And uh, there there's a couple of gas stops, but there's mm. not really services. But there's also a lot of places to camp. You know, you, you can there's one campground I like right outside of Hay Fork up there. It's called Rattlesnake Gulch, and you get in there. It's right on a, a river, and uh, just awesome place to uh, to hang out and camp. And uh, if I remember right, it's a no fee campground, which is what I look for. I like to camp for free. So, rock on, man. Well, Bushcraft, you got a channel right here on uh, YouTube. Did you want to tell everybody about your channel and? Uh... Sure. All that good stuff. Yep, absolutely. And so my channel's Biker Bushcraft, um, and I've been doing it since so about 2016 or 17, something like that. Um, and the focus of my channel, I, it, it is bushcraft, it is riding, it is camping. So here's the thing: I don't do pure, you know, bushcraft. I'm not going out there with two sticks and a knife and uh, mm -hmm. trying to, you know, forage for food and hunt for, yeah, hunt for squirrels. That's not it. It's about what can I pack on the bike that I got room for and then go out and have everything I need, no matter where I am. If I'm on a road trip three, four days and I got to pull into a campsite, I don't have to stop at Denny's and eat. You know, I got what I need with me got some ingredients i can make some food i can be comfortable i got shelter if it's raining on me i'm good if it's snowing i'm good if it's you know 110 degrees outside i'm good so uh just very back to basics old school uh, i tarp camp i don't like tents it's to me tents and sleeping bags are like sleeping in a plastic bag and i can't oh, stand it so yeah. <laughs> I, I mean under the tarp I'd slide up a little bit and I'm sticking my head out there and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, looking at the stars all night and, uh, don't, don't forget the most expensive gas in the continental United States. Which <laughs> we all know I found out about the hard way. Oh yeah. So yeah. I go on it. So I get, so I decided so I get sent on a run, you know, just for, you know, Hey man, check this place out. So, I'm in uh, the Santa Cruz area, and I decided to cruise south along Highway 1 uh, down into a place called Gorda Springs. Well, it's a Gorda Springs Resort. It's an un unincorporated town. Uh, you have to go through, you know, Big Sur and all that to get down there. It's a great ride right along the, right along the ocean. And I was warned ahead of time to top off before I got into Big Sur. <laughs> Man. I'll make it. I got a five gallon tank. I'm good. <laughs> so I get to Gorda. No problem. So I pull up to the pump because I'm, you know, I'm checking things out. And I look at the price on the pump and I actually asked the girl if it was a typo. And she looked at me and she goes, Nope. She goes, it takes, it's, it's a 200 mile ride from every direction for a tanker to deliver gas here, honey. You're either going to fill up here or you're spending the night. Your call. Or both. <laughs> 
Well, so, I appreciate having you guys on. Uh, we're a little past an hour on this segment. Uh, it's been awesome, man. Just sitting here, you know, reminiscing and learning about the different generations. You guys get over to Biker Bushcraft. Go join his channel. Hopefully, you're going to be putting out some more vids, man, because I binge watch your stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do. I binge watch it. Uh, Mark, glad to have you on, man. Learned Thanks a for lot having about, me, man. Learned a lot about you, Weenie Eats and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> Len, you as well, man. I really appreciate having you on. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later, man. I'll talk to you uh, via text and stuff, Bushcraft. Right appreciate on. it, man. Thanks, right everybody that was watching. Yeah. Thanks, Hollywood and China. Thanks, everybody. Rock on. We'll Bye. be back with some announcements and uh, some question and answers if you guys want. All right. The Insane Throttle TV app on Roco now. Get content not seen on our other platforms. No censorship, no PC, only biker fun and entertainment. It's hardcore. Again, go over to Roco TV and add the Insane Throttle TV app now. On man, rock on! You know that didn't transfer as good as I was hoping, man. I got to figure out restream like Black Dragon does. Anyway, announcements today. I told everybody that we. Uh, thanks, Greg. I'm still on, asshole. You know, if you leave, you're a jerk. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> The morning show with uh, me and China Dow is at 8.15 Central Standard Time on the radio and uh, all that good stuff. But I will be setting up an extra camera now that we're using this restream because OBS really sucks. And we're going to be live streaming that show over to Rumble. I will not be uh, live streaming that over to these type of channels because they censored the hell out of me. So if you ever listen to the morning show, it's kind of non-PC, isn't it? A little bit. A little bit. Just saying. Just a little bit. A little bit. So we're going to be streaming it over to Rumble. I'm hoping to have that done in about two weeks around the 25th or something like that. Uh, that way it'll be fun for you guys. I just think it's a better platform to have some fun with no PC because they've taken down so many of my videos over on the last channel. That's why we had to redo it. And I'm about to get off of TikTok because I've had five videos taken down. I'm done with them. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, if you guys got questions, answers, all that good stuff, uh, let me know what you guys got going. I'm going to bring back in Len and Biker Bushcraft because they got to get some questions in as well. If you want to ask China Dow something, let me know and uh, we'll get in there as well. So we're going to get into questions and answers. Eviticus Horror and they store your data in China. Are you taking everybody's data? I guess. That's all my fault. Just like uh, somebody earlier said that uh, two of your children were made in China. Well, technically. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. 
Uh, Greg says, because I can't dance. Is that the only thing that happens on TikTok is the dancing? Dancing and lip syncing. It's a trend thing. It's no, all about trends. No wonder I don't get anybody to like me. and Because <laughs> you just sit there and talk. <laughs> it's boring. So I'm going to let the guest ask me questions oh. and China now. So Len, what yes, would you have for us? Go for, for you it. Guys. Off the table with me. <laughs> if you get- if you if if you guys could do if you guys could stand up from that table right now and go do a run, where would you want to go? Uh, it would have to be. You know what? I'm looking forward to Hog Rock. I right you know, I like the older type of rallies. I been to Daytona. I don't know how many times, and it just sucked. You know, you had cops all over the damn place checking your freaking pipes and your handlebars. Yeah. I don't know how many tickets I got the first time I went, you know, because I had the 18-inch hay hangers and stuff. Yeah. And I like that type of rally. I cannot stand these bigger rallies. I don't do good around police officers, if you will. I I, I have this problem with calling them Barney Fife all the time. Uh, <laughs> it just happens to me. But what about you? Well, of course, I'm looking forward to Hog Rock because that's my birthday week. Duh. <laughs> right? Uh, Mark. And it's old school. It's, it's. I mean, it, I hear so much good things. Mark, Geo has a question for you. Oh. Uh, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll in a Tootsie Roll pop? <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Geo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess the world will never know. Yeah, down, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't count that high anyway, so it don't matter. I have to drop, have to drop my drawers to count to eleven. Oh, <laughs> Good thing Black Dragon's not on, man. We'd be going down that road again. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Black Dragon's actually scared to come on my show anymore. He's actually scared because Tia gives him not. <laughs> Hollywood, you're always getting me in trouble, man. Well, you know, you're on a shock jock show. Uh Kel, biggest party in the world, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Freedom at its best. I love our truckers, man. I hope, what do you guys think about this uh, Freedom Convoy? You guys hoping that this happens in the United States as well? In general, my opinion is I'm glad that we live in a place and a time where people have the right to stand up and be heard for what they believe is right. Absolutely. Oh, that's, that's it. Freedom, man, you know, um, that's what it's about. And um, yeah, I drive a truck. I drive dirt trucks in construction. But um, yeah. So I you try get not the freedom to, of the road both ways. Yeah. I, I try not to, you know, as I get older, I try not to judge people as much, you know, because whatever it is, it's their right. It's freedom, like he says, you know. Rock on. What about you, Len? You know, look, I'm a I'm a staunch constitutionalist from the jump, man. I support everybody's right to say what they want to say or, or raise their voice how they want to. And the beauty part about it is if, if I agree with them, great. If I don't, I have the right to call them a moron if I want to. 
that's the that's the beauty of of the world we live in at least in the united states and you know if they make it across in the in the united states i could i could see that happening but you know that's that's how they're choosing to raise their voice and and it's a pretty powerful statement with all them regs out there that's for damn sure it's a beautiful sight man it reminds me of that movie convoy in the 70s with chris christopherson people probably don't know what the rubber duck is oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, at least some yeah. of us go back to that you know it's uh one, yeah. <laughs> one sodbuster, one of them guys too. Yeah, yeah. So what up, yeah, China? Big you want to you want to ask them some questions? You got some interview questions here. You're good at this. Oh Lord, I do this in the morning. I'm half asleep at nighttime. What are you talking about? I just got home from work. <laughs> <laughs> are y'all going to any rallies this summer? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say yes. Uh, it, actually, me and Mark are gonna both ride down to uh, not together, not on the same bike. Oh, come on, <laughs> to, uh, Arizona Bike Week. Why not? Arizona, 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 man. Bet you Why it's gonna be nice and hot. My I don't know. The last time in... I went to Arizona, I stepped off the plane. That heat hit me, and I said, "Screw oh, yeah. this." <laughs> My um. <laughs> My daughter lives in Phoenix. He's known her since she about seven. And I think she's 40, 41 now. So we'll be staying there. And um, yeah, so free room, free food. <laughs> yep. Freaking Gio. Yeah, no, Gio. No, Gio. <laughs> we got yeah. two bikes. It, it, I went down there. I don't roll that way. I'm sorry. sorry. I went down there. I was down there a few years ago in Scottsdale. They warned me about the police, man. So sure enough, I pull out of the parking lot. and uh, It's like the fairground. It's called Westworld. I get pulled over. The cop yells from the car, "Are you? have you been drinking? I go, no. He goes, are you carrying? I go, no. I said, I'm trying to be good while I'm in your town. I don't want to meet that sheriff makes you wear a pink underwear living at tent. He goes, we don't like me either. He cut our wages. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, uh, Sheriff Joe. Yep. <laughs> and, and for me, uh, I like again. I'm I'm not too far from Daytona, so will I will I pass through? Spice it up. Well, well, I'll pass through Daytona. But for for me, as far as rallies go, I, I don't know necessarily. Maybe not rallies, but I definitely want to plan some nice long runs, and I want to go out and do some camping. And, you know, I'm kind of following them. You know, I, I'm a follower of Bushcraft's channel, just like everybody else here. I love watching his videos. And, you know, it, it does marry two things that I like to do, uh, you know, camping and riding. And there's nothing better than sometimes just jumping on the bike, packing some gear, and then going until you get somewhere where you want to take a breather and, you know, and absorbing the scenery. You know, I, I the organized rallies – Laconia, love to head up to Laconia, you know, New Hampshire. That's a great run. It's usually in June. Uh, that would be a pretty good haul from, from where I'm at down here. But you know what? If I got the time and I got the gas money, I can make it. I, I ain't worried about the distance. That's just the part of the ride. Right. Well, I think it's become actually uh, really popular to start riding out and just enjoying the camp camping experience. Uh, yeah, especially since a lot of the 
biker channel are presenting that kind of stuff there's no better thing than marrying those two because a lot of people forget when they buy a damn bike you're supposed to ride it right (laughs) well and that's i i've seen that a lot at least and we were talking in the previous segment about generational things i bought i i buy a harley to ride and to put miles on it do i like it to look good sure i'll take a terry cloth to it keep it clean but you know, I, I, I see guys who do these 15, 20 mile cruises. They're out for five hours and they didn't even burn into a quarter of a tank of gas. And, you know, when they got to the bar, they pull the rag out and they're, you know, polishing and wiping it down, you know, wipe it down after you put it back in the garage, after you just finished a two or 300 mile round trip run. That's, that's how I look at it. And that's, that's the kind of riding I like to do. Yeah, you know, I tell you what, China doll, man, you get her out there, you can't get her back home. <laughs> right on. You no, I want to keep. I want to just keep going. I, it's like I don't have a destination in sight. I just want to go. Just yeah, go. And, and I do a lot of that. I mean, it, typically when I go, I my destination isn't usually a run. It's a place. You know, I'll I want to go and. Uh, spend a couple of days in Seattle or I want to go and, uh, you know, visit a, a friend in Colorado or in uh, Missouri and I'll jump on the bike and do that. The trip along the way is the adventure. That's where stuff happens. Yep. You know, that's, that's where you find places that you never thought of. And it's not having to, you know, jump from Marriott to Marriott and eating Denny's every night. It's get on the bike and go. And when you get tired, find some place where you can stop and throw a tarp on the ground and, uh, and crash out. Um, you know, and I still, that's the majority of my riding when I go somewhere. Well, who wants to eat those continental breakfasts with their just stale donuts when you can just make <laughs> your own on the side of the road? And that's it. You can, how many towns, how many little small towns could you pass through where, you know, you could just stop at the little corner store. You can pick up some stuff that you can cook out mm-hmm. right, and over a campfire. You know, yeah. not everything needs to be, you know, it, and, and I've seen this where I've gone on rides with guys on maybe over like a weekend cruise we, and they, they want to stop at a McDonald's. Yeah. Why, <laughs> man? I'm, I don't go out. I don't ride 300 miles from home to, to, to walk into a McDonald's and eat shit. That's going to make me sick. You know, I'd rather go to the grocery store, pick up some chicken, you know, some onions, whatever. And, you know, just throw all that shit in a frying pan. And, and look, if it, if it's, if it's not still bleeding, it's edible. So right. you know, what the hell? <laughs> I, I will say though, I am a sucker for a mom and pop kind of restaurant joint though. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Not the fast food no. crap. You can get that when you're home. But if you yeah. see this hey. nice mom and pop will restaurant, I will I will not hesitate to stop in. Oh, absolutely. You know, we a lot of the road stories me and my old lady have are are like that. One sticks out in my head. We were uh headed up uh from Texas into Kansas. And right up there in the panhandle, we stopped for gas. And it's freezing cold and raining and just generally nasty outside. So the old lady went in to get a couple of cups of coffee for us. And while she was carrying it to the to the counter to pay for it, her hands were shaking so bad she spilled half of it. 
and the lady behind the counter says, oh, honey, you got to get your husband to come in here and you guys can sit in here and warm up and drink coffee for a while and be comfortable. And by the time we left there, her and her husband, we were calling mom and pop. <laughs> and, you know, drinking free coffee and hanging out and getting a little bit of the local color. And uh, it just it, it, that was that was a great time just hanging out for maybe half an hour and getting to talk to him. Uh, Paulie asked, do you guys prefer your old lady on the back or riding next to you? Mine is on the back. I'm going to speak for all ladies. God bless you. If you can ride your own, I will never because that's not happening. That's an accident waiting to happen. I prefer so, being on the back. Yeah. So great question though. Cause that, yeah. that <laughs> is right at the transition between Mark, me and Len. All right. Yep, when, definitely. you know, nowadays you see a lot more women riding their own bikes that's than right. you do on the back. During the 70s, early 80s, you never saw women riding themselves. Mm -hmm. During the time I was coming up, I watched that transition. I remember a time where I, I knew guys that said, man, I, I'm not going to ride next to a chick. Forget that. I want no part of that. And then there were others that said, hell, if it gets her off the back of my bike, I'm all for it. Um, you know, my old lady rides on the back. That's what she wants. She, like I said earlier, she calls herself my backpack and that's where she's happiest. That's where we're both happiest. We've been across the country many times together. And, you know, I, if she wanted to ride, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but you know, I like having her on the back. So, and she you, likes being well, <clears throat> like I was saying earlier, I taught my um, late wife to ride and, um, when she was first getting the hang of it, we were going over to visit her parents about 15 miles away down the freeway. Every time I get on the on-ramp, she'd veer off. we keep going through town. About four on-ramps later, I pulled up on purpose too far. I said, I can't back down. It's too dangerous. She got, man, got on the freeway. And she had doing 60, 65 probably. And I'm like, so when we take the turn off to her parents' red light, she stops at the light. I stop about 20 feet back. She goes, what are you doing back there? Come up here. I go, uh-uh. She goes, why not? I go, because you're going to hit me. She goes, you are an asshole, but I love you. That wasn't so scary. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so I've had both, and it's pretty much – Half a dozen of one, you know, six of the other. It doesn't really matter either way. But my yeah. current wife, she does not want to ride, uh, learn how to ride. So, But she has told me she wants to rent one of them Can-Am um, spider things, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. trikes. I've test ridden one years ago. And uh, so we'll probably do that. I told her we can't get one. It takes up too much room in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, final final question uh, before we go, and I'll be in Discord uh, for about a half hour after this show uh, in the general video chat to uh, mess around with you guys. Do you feel safe with them riding their own bikes? Or Because me, I'm overprotective. I don't want to see her get hurt, anything like that. But what say you? That's So that's that's a tough one 
I mean, yeah. you know, all of us, you know, whether whether it's our lady, whether it's our kids, you know, it's always in the back of our mind. If they ride like I do, they're probably going to get hurt. And I don't want them to get hurt. But on the other hand, I ride like I do while she's on the back of the bike. So is she any less likely to get hurt? I don't know. Um, you know, it's safe is relative. We don't do safe things. Riding bikes is not safe. If anybody thinks it is safe, then they're an accident waiting to happen in my mind. Um, so, you know, we take risks and, uh, as soon as you tell somebody they can't be who they are, then you're doing more damage than you could do any other way. So, you know, if my old lady said, I would rather be riding my own bike, it's not about me. It's about her. Okay, ride your own bike. That's what you want to do. Um, so it, it really, it, it, the question can't really be answered. Right. And from where I'm sitting, and because now I'm even further down the road in that transition period, I can go either way with that. I'm okay with having a girl who wants to ride with me, but like Bushcraft was saying, I got, I got a riding style of my own. You know, I'm, I get out on the highway. I, I want to do 75, 80 miles an hour and, and, and keep a lane. And the person that I'm cruising with has to be able to, you know, to be able to match her or at least keep up with that pace. And if she can, great. But if she prefers to be, you know, riding, you know, shotgun, then that's cool with me, too. But. You know, there's everybody sees everybody sees a little bit different. A lot of the more old school guys, you know, bitch pad, get back there and, you know, and rock out and roll hard with it. But, you know, I, I personally, I like to have a girl on the back. You know, what's better than, you know, flying down a highway at 80 miles <laughs> an hour with a woman, you know, strapped to your back? You know, it doesn't get much better than that. What about you, Mark? Um. Just like he said, you know, it's either way. I've had both, and um, yeah, I I've only had the one that rode her own bike. My wife, she only rode for about a year and a half because with the cancer, her platelets got low, and you know she could bleed out if she had an accident. So, um, but I do remember some problems back in the old days with the ones on the back. Um, I left a couple here or there, you know. So I'm having lunch with one girl. She had a Porsche, and she's telling me how some um, guy crashed his motorcycle with her, and she sued him. That's how she bought the Porsche. I excused myself, went to the restroom, <laughs> pulled up to the window on my bike, revved it up, waved goodbye, and took off. After they're in the restroom. Hey, look, if she was driving the Porsche, that means she could afford the tab. You're good. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, I think it was a 914. It was like the oh, not a real Porsche. generic model. Oh, okay. It was it's one of those. One of those. It's one of those kit cars. That was like our first date, too. And your last. He's gone. He gone. Yeah, last. <laughs> Well, guys, uh, that's the show for today. Again, thanks, uh, Biker Bushcraft, Mark, Len, for coming on. You can uh, listen to the replay over on Roco, or you can go to our podcast platforms. Don't forget the neutral zone. And uh, more importantly, down, if you got Android, download the Android app. You can listen to the morning show. 
at 8.15 Central Standard Time in the morning. Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. With me. With her. You'll, <laughs> you'll see an entirely different show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we go X-rated. Sorry. Hey, hey, if, if, if Len and the other bunch that work for me will... Well, give me a break with solving problems during that period. Of time. <laughs> I'll listen to you. There you go. Not gonna happen, buddy. <laughs> you will you will earn your money and you will like it. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks. Hey, uh, I really appreciate it. Talk Great to you. Guys thanks, later. brother. Thanks. thanks.